You are listening to the High Gravity Sessions. I'm Chris Darren. I'm Matthew Black. And we're here to talk about beer. Beer and beer. We're two craft beer enthusiasts located in Williamsburg, Virginia. We'll discuss Hampton Roads beer news, Virginia beer news, and major national and international beer trends. We make each other taste things and explore the limits of science when it comes to beer. Science. It's a thing. Sorry we've been late. Um, We had a quick emergency pop up last week, so we had to cancel the podcast real quick. Um, Or cancel the recording real quick. We're not canceling the podcast. Oh, no. There's no reason to cancel this podcast. No, no, no. We we made it to episode four. Like, that's... That's the hardest thing. I feel like you get to people get like three through and they're like, "I'm done." No, we're back. We're, we're back. Maybe we're dedicated to this. All right. But what has happened since we last joined you? There was a beer festival. There was a beer festival. It was very nice. Yes, the Whistlebell Beer Festival. It did sell out, and it was uh, normally the in the past the Whistlebell Beer Festival has taken up one block of Duke of Gloucester Street. This year, it took up two full blocks, and I didn't feel claustrophobic. Yes, it was quite nice. <laughs> It wasn't as hot as it was last year, so that was quite good as no, well. It was, it was like a smooth 81. Yeah, so it was a great day to drink beer. Uh, or Beer or, wait for it, Oh my! hard lemonade slushies out of the back of a van. Hard <laughs> lemonade slushies. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was happening on the other side of, of, uh, of South Henry Street. Mm-hmm. There, there, was, there was a slushy machine in the back of someone's van making hard lemonade slushies. Um... I did get a mini headache from it, but uh, totally worth it. Uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, something we'll be talking about later. It's a bummer. We're not going to do the bummer yet, but it's it's happy to. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's that's it. That, that, that's it. <laughs> My wife didn't have surgery yet, so that, that's happening soon. Yes, it's happening soon. Um, but until then, it was just a beer in the dog days of summer, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just getting things tied down, making sure things get finished up before fall starts up and things really start getting out of control. Trim some trees. There's some big tree branches. There's giant weed growing in the backyard. We had some jaunty foliage that we had to take care of. (laughs) All right. Well, and your girlfriend signed on a on a house. Yes, yes, yes. That's a big deal. Yes, that that is new condo. Who is new condo? So yeah. things are happening on that front. More to be developed. Yeah. Who knows? That might become the new beer solarium where we record from. That could be the, the Sanctum Sanctum yes. um, that, that we record this podcast. Well, but today we are drinking some Center of the Universe Pocahontas. Center of the Universe, founded in 2011 by Chris and Phil Ray. Fun fact... Chris Ray attended the College of William and Mary. Yes. I think he graduated around 2003. Sometime around there. He, because that was when he got picked up by the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. He would later play as a pitcher for the Texas Rangers, San Francisco Giants, Seattle Mariners. And when he was with Seattle is when he picked up his craft beer bug, if you will. That's yeah. when he started really seeing what the beers they had out there. And was like, yeah. You know what? I can make beers too. And so he, yeah. along with his brother, founded Center of the Universe in Ashland, yeah. Virginia, just north of Richmond, if you're not familiar with the area. Yeah. And they're making some pretty good beers. Yeah. Uh, they have built an empire on Pocahontas. Uh, they were one of the first breweries in Virginia to have their own canning line. Yes, that's uh, always good. Uh, which now there's a hand, there's more of them, 
But these guys, they were the first. Yeah. Uh, I've seen their canning line. It's fun. It looks like something from the opening credits of Laverne and Shirley. Uh, <laughs> it's it's cool. They got they got some uh, arcade games up there. Uh, oh, I should have brought out. I have a Das Boot from from Sarah the Year's Free coming. Oh, we can be drinking these beers out of Das Boots. <laughs> that might be a future men of science and or men of cinema where we, where we find out if you turn the boot like in Beer Fest, does it actually, does it actually work? I don't know. Yeah. All I know is this boot cost me $9 and I've never looked back. That, that <laughs> sounds like a great deal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's regulation. I, I think it's regulation size. Yeah, it's, well, oh, it's a little small. A little smaller. But it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Let's face it, folks. It's street legal, so we can, yeah. we can take it out for Sunday drive. Yeah. So, uh, so we do these science, uh, these science things because we are we are men of science, men of science, uh, and this is the science report that came out earlier this year. So this this time we're actually not doing an experiment. We're we are not experimenting. We are reporting yes, on what well, other people have been doing the experiments on the good on the good uh, Dr. Oliver George. Oh yes. Scientists at the Scripps Research uh, say they found a way to reverse rats' dependency on alcohol by blasting particular neurons in their brains with freaking laser beams. Oh my! <laughs> uh, by implanting fiber optics deep in the brain and turning on a laser that in- inhibits these neurons specifically, uh, we could dramatically decrease alcohol drinking and the physical symptoms of withdrawal. Uh, don't get too excited about any human treatment immediately stemming from the research. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah so laser beams. So very experimental, yeah. shooting lasers into your brain so you yeah. can recover from alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a science. Um, Quick science note from uh, the men of science. And now. And now. Let's talk about some national and international news. Yeah. Uh, first one, it's a quick one. It happened really, it only happened a few days ago. Um, I don't have that much of an investment in it. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev purchases Platform Beer Company of Ohio. It was a fast-growing uh, Ohio craft brewery that I don't really have a horse in. I don't have a horse in this race. Uh, is it sad? Yes. Do I care about this specific brewery? No. Is it yet another sign of the times? Yes. Do I like it? No. Uh, it it's and I wish in bed doing yeah. what they do. They yeah. buy. It's the same record over again. They're, they're buying. They're buying out their competition. The co-opting their brands. Yeah. And yeah. just just be careful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, will I try it? Yeah, I'll probably try it. Probably try. Um, yeah. Cleveland's cool. Um, <laughs> some might try it. Some might even say it rocks. Yeah, no, my my godparents were just in Cleveland. They went to uh, Cedar Point. Oh, there we go. And uh, yeah, they did not. They don't drink beer anymore. They just drink a lot of vodka and a lot of whiskey. Uh, so I looked like a jerk going up to their hotel room with four four packs of beer, going, "Oh, hey guys, I got some beers for us." Uh, well, if you're using that voice, yes, they're going to think you're yeah. a jerk. Hey, everybody. I, the one thing, though, yes, uh, the one thing, though, was uh, I got an elevator that had a digital button system. That was pretty exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, the newest hotel in Disney World Resorts has one as well. This is my first exposure to uh, 
The Elevator of the Future Ah, by Otis. The High Gravity (laughs) Sessions. Not only do we discuss beers, but we also discuss other... Other episodes of High Gravity, such if, as High Speed Elevators. Yes. If your significant other had been on the cover of Elevators Monthly, then I believe you'd be a little more invested in the elevators. And was on the cover of Elevators Monthly. That is a real story. I can't yeah. make this I only read Elevators Monthly for our articles. All right. <laughs> Sweet center falls. All right. So, yeah. Uh, it's sad. Um, I still drink Elysian every once in a while to keep it fresh. Uh, Space Dust, IPA, Ike. Uh, when it comes to the bigger guys, I don't know how much it's changed since the buyout, but I'm not going to accidentally shill for Anheuser Busch InBev again. I've done that before. That was called Episode Zero. I'm done. I'm done doing that. I'm a rebel, Dottie. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. Please quote your PB Herman correctly. All right. Um, so yeah, Chris, do you have any other outstanding thoughts I mean, on a brewery you've never heard of being purchased by Anheuser Busch and Beth? It's more more so what we've been seeing. It's but hey, platform will be able to get their beers in more supermarkets and what have you. And I'm sure the owners of the brewery are happy getting a nice payday. I can't regret them for that. No, and that's and that's actually pretty crazy too. I looked up the brewery was barely five years old, and they somehow wiggled their butt enough to for the big boys to take notice so they did the dance good for them looks like maybe small craft breweries and viable investment options for people not as focused on craft beers if i don't know i'm not saying the platform beer company was not very focused on it but it is a way to acquire silent partners yeah yeah so that happened uh we're gonna revisit heineken a little bit because um matt made a goof Matthew has an apology. That's not a big of apology. Oh, hold on. I have to cue up the music. All right, let's go. All right. So, I made a mistake when we were discussing Heineken's No Good, Very Bad Year. Um, They are still having a No Good, Very Bad Year. But what I forgot to mention uh, was that in 2006, uh, a new law was passed. allowing pub tenants to apply to break their tie um, at their five-year rent reviews. Um, I can still explain the loopholes. Um, I'm sure the other pub codes are still, still, you know, exploiting the loopholes. Um, And coupled with the the fact, the fact that just 936 of the 7,000 pubs that could have applied for the uh, MRO have done so. It's not there 7,000 pubs in the UK. Is of the 7,000 that were eligible, only barely one out of seven applied mm-hmm. for the market rent only option. Uh, the big pub companies uh, are still successfully convincing many businesses not to try it. This is taken from uh, a little report on goodbeerhunting.com. Uh, Heineken is currently under investigation. Uh, sector uh, Good Beer Hunting reports that this sector will not improve until we have a market-wide investigation by the Competition and Markets Authority. Oh, no, Mr. Wright of the pub codes. Uh, said this, uh, the last time we had an investigation into the wholesale beer market was 1989. Um, I think they need to be reviewed. <laughs> I think the big six pubcos need to be 
I'm I'm sure the review is dire, but unfortunately, yeah. British government is fine facing a much larger crisis. Which yeah, we'll, well, which we'll probably put this on the back burner. <laughs> that's that's for the other podcast. Yeah. So yeah, um, I still don't like placements. Uh, yeah, I still don't like the tide system. I feel like freedom's being infringed on, and I hate that. So, um, as uh, as imperfect as the three tier system is in Virginia, I do find it preferable to a tide house system. Yeah. Then, then again, we go to the next story. Maybe we're seeing a creation of our own American tide house system. Reyes Holdings, Bodak Yellow, Money Moves. Yeah. Reyes has been busy this year. Oh, if you do not know, Reyes handles about 60% of the beer distribution in the United States. Uh, we have a local distributor who is part of the Reyes family, uh, Ches Bay Distribution. Yes. Um, so yeah, Reyes uh, sold um, part of its... So Reyes, you know, they ship a lot of stuff. They also owned uh, the food service distribution company Performance Food Group, PFG. Yes. Um, sold it to Reinhardt Food Service out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> So Reyes got $2 billion for that one. Um, so that was good for them. Uh, and then uh, they also uh, acquired some assets, some distribution assets in Northern California uh, a week later. Basically, yeah, Reyes has been in the process of just trying to course correct everything with it's ties with Constellation Brands. Just trying to sync everything up a little more. Right. Constellation Brands, we've talked about them in the past. Yeah, exactly. Buddha, uh, but they're, they're not just Dallas points. But they're not just Constellation Brands. No, 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 no. They uh, handle the distribution for a handful of big guys. Uh, Miller Coors. You might have heard of them. Um, not in this market. They handle Coors Light in this market, but not Miller Light for now. For now. Um, but they handle Boston Beer Company. Yes. Um, they handle Lagunitas in some territories, mm-hmm. uh, New Belgium in some territories, uh, Oscar Blues in some territories, Pabst, uh, yes. <laughs> our sweet, sweet Pabst, yes. um, which they took the PBR hard coffee off of Untapped. Like, cover oh, mine. I think there's a cover up there. It's a <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah. So they are Reyes Holdings, the ninth largest privately held company in the United States. Uh, they boast annual sales of more than $33 billion. And yeah, it's consolidation, consolidation, yes. consolidation. Maybe they're trying to get on the hard THC, alcoholic, non-alcoholic beverage train sooner rather than later. I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I think most of the big brands are trying to yeah. catch that wave sooner. Yeah. Well, you've got Constellation brands who've invested the most. Exactly. Um, some of the most when it comes to alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages. And let's face it, you're doing business with Lagunitas, you're going to be dealing with at least any window of marijuana use. Heineken, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, there's a lot of hot takes on this. There's, you know, make that money while you can, and maybe this is bad. I don't know. But it is, don't let this serve as a, as a potential to mark for me not being hired by Reyes Holdings in the future. <laughs> we're simply reporting. Yeah, we're, simply. Not, we're not... We're not choosing sides here, ish. All right, we're kind of choosing sides. Um, so yeah. And at this point, we've got our power hour. 
All right. the Nielsen Brewers Association survey. So, at the uh, at a recent Brewers Association sponsored webinar a few weeks ago, uh, we found some facts. Got some fun hot facts uh, based on a uh, Nielsen market research. Um, the average weekly craft beer drinker is primarily male between the ages of 21 and 44 and makes between $75,000 and $99,000 annually. Hot take. <laughs> Christy, are you a male between the ages of 21 and 44? Last time I checked. Are you making between $75,000 and $99,000 annually? Oh, I wish. Jesus Christ. Who are these people? Sorry, there we go. That's... Uh, so we'll be bringing up um, Nielsen's beverage alcohol team, uh, Caitlin uh, Bataglia and Danelle Coswell. If you see us mention Bataglia, yeah, or try it again, Caitlin Bataglia. Caitlin Bataglia. Yes. I should have let you say that. <laughs> we'll be referencing their names through this uh, power hour. So the 20-minute online survey asked... 1,121 plus craft beer drinkers about their consumption habits. And here we go. More adults are drinking craft beer. Would you agree, Chris? I would agree. I have a lot of friends that drink craft beer. Maybe I'm in a bubble. Obvious news is obvious. Overall, 43% of legal drinking age consumers quaff craft beer up from 35% in 2015. Funny, you make craft beer more available. Yeah, it's more available to customers, so drink it. Yeah. 56% of men and 31% of women surveyed say they drink craft, while more than half of 21 to 44-year-olds say they drink craft beer. What does this mean? It's easy to drink. There's more of it. It's becoming a little more transparent. I mean, it says here Nielsen said is attributing the uptick to... Uh, Shifting away from other alcoholic beverages, saying that there's more variety, better quality, and more flavor options. So you have a diversified market. People are going to be able to choose what they actually like as opposed to a one-beer-fits-all type of model. All right. Next. The Brewers Association Independent Seal is factoring into purchasing decisions. Oh, my. I think it's plain. <laughs> well, I think it's good. I, I, you know, sure. Do you well. Um, but what's more of a rebel? Putting a little sticker on, on your label that says you're craft or not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, when there was a big stink about it, like, I thought it was pretty lame. At the same time, with the, blur, the blurred lines of craft and not craft, uh, Anheuser-Busch buying up small craft breweries, Heineken buying up craft breweries, I could see that there could be some confusion. Indeed. Uh, what else is yeah. power, I would say? Um, Aside from drink every 60 yeah. seconds. But. God, we, should, we should be doing, a, we should have a timer, we should be power hour. No, 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 no. <laughs> We take one shot of, of an ounce of beer every minute. Local is important to craft drinkers. Local is important to craft drinkers. Nielsen found that 66% of craft drinkers say they only buy beer sold in their region, whilst 57% said they only buy beer sold in their town or city. 
The numbers were higher for weekly craft drinkers, with 71% say they only buy regional and 62% saying they buy local. Chris! Good. This is the reason why we kind of do our podcast. We want to emphasize local and regional beer. We, We're drinking a regional beer right now. Yes. Technically. So some could argue it's local enough. I mean, it's an hour away. It's not even a with William and Mary? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have enough local ties. Yeah. Uh, we are a tenth of a mile from the campus of the College of William and Mary right now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, local craft accounts for 10.3% of craft dollar sales, uh, up about 1% from 2018. Local craft six-packs also command a higher average off-premise price compared to 926 uh, for the average craft six-pack. Uh, this shows that consumers are willing to pay a premium for local beer, Cosmo says. I mean, there's always a point of pride in supporting local business. Uh they know the people to make the beer. They want to see them succeed. So you can you can see why this pressure, if you will, to buy local is applied and it works. Next, sales of spirits are accelerating. Yes. Also through June fifteenth, off-premise dollar sales of spirits increased four point seven percent, while wine sales grew one point nine percent. Nielsen reported on-premise sales for both spirits. Positive 2.1% and wine, positive 1.3%, are also on the rise. At a total category level, spirits is leading and has been widening its growth lead over the last couple of years. Beer is lagging with wine in the middle and its growing rates slowing. Beer's still king, Beer's but still spirits, king. spirits is coming. Local yeah, spirits is coming. Yeah, local spirits come. You can attribute this to like a bourbon renaissance. Yep. Uh, you can also craft moonshine, uh, the variety of vodka flavors and distilleries available. There's, there's people making local, yeah, and people will drink it. All right. Well, so for the same reason they're drinking local beer. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> that that all makes that's all very common sense. So now tell me about hard seltzer. Hard seltzer is on pace to be a one billion industry by the end of 2019. I buy it. It's we've it's, talked about it before. I drank some. Thing. Yeah, it's. I had a really bad one recently. Oh, from whom? Uh, uh, the Bon and Viv brand. Bon and Viv. It's it's some national brand. It. This follows into our next subject we're going to talk about. I've seen commercials for it. Um, the tap handle looks like a pretty mermaid. I, I first thought it was something local. I think it is a national brand. Um, it's B-O-N ampersand Viv. Yes. Um, yeah, I had it. I've had better. I've had better. The time is now for craft beer to advertise. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, but I mean, one thing to like about craft beer than say your quote craft beers like Yingling and Sam Adams is, yeah, it's kind of like listening to indie rock. This is yeah. stuff that's for you that you, yeah. you kind of don't want to get out to the water. I do appreciate the beginning of all the Boston Beer Company commercials, beginning with Dropkick Murphys shipping up to Boston. The the like the, the baggy pipe bit. Well, yeah, I, I do. I, mean, I do enjoy that. That's just a good. <laughs> it's, it's a very good. It's, it's an, it's, I mean, 
But that's saying, like, all, any Richmond beer company starting a commercial with Guar. It's just going to be a good time all around. It's going to be a great time. On Truly, uh, just hired Keegan Michael Key, uh, comedian, to be mm-hmm. the face of their ad campaign. Yeah. Um, that's starting now. He's in every ad now. He's, he's fine. Yeah. And then there's, oh, God, who's in the Smirnoff one? Ted Danson. Ted Danson's in the Smirnoff one. It's like, Ted Danson, don't make me want to drink this. I don't want to drink that. <laughs> but you're Ted Danson. And Ted I just Danson. can't look away. Exactly. Uh, he, he was America's bartender for years. For years. For years. Did you ever watch, uh, there was an HBO, Bored to Death. I have not. With Jason Schwartzman. and right. uh, I, I need to see that. Yeah. Um, like, I, I watched the first season when it came out, and then I didn't watch any more, and then a few years back, I revisited the whole thing, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to grow up and be Ted Danson. Like, I, I mean, that's, 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 that's a, a common <laughs> phrase around the world. I want to grow up and be Ted Danson. That's, I mean, that was literally a Seinfeld plot, subplot, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, craft beer advertising. Um, uh, purchasing decisions uh, get divided amongst gender lines. 71% of male craft beer drinkers say they are more likely to at least buy something they've never heard of, while 63% of women surveyed said they were less likely to buy a beer that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, consumers are starting to find their favorite brands. Uh, three quarters of consumers say they buy up to three beer brands a month. <laughs> Yes. Uh, meanwhile, the number of promiscuous consumers who buy five or more brands a month has declined over the last five years. The decline of the beer slot. The is. promiscuous consumers. Uh, I, I pride myself in my beer promiscuity. Yes. Well. Uh, we, try, we try two different types of we tried three different brands of beer. Well, it was two last week, last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We. I, I pride myself in my yeah. beer promiscuity. Yeah, no, normally we do three brands a podcast. Yeah. So, so five more brands a month, like, oof, that's declining. We are, we're endangered. That's that's what that means. We're a dying breed, Chris. Long live the beer slush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should start making t-shirts. T-shirts. <laughs> Oh, Crocs. Uh, uh, <laughs> visits help drive future sales. This has been a big deal. This is the big deal in the end okay. of these hot takes <laughs> discussed by Nielsen. Uh, more than half of craft drinkers say they bought beer after a brewery visit. The top three places to buy beer after a visit at a brewery, 66% of craft drinkers. Retail store, 60% of craft uh, drinkers, or a bar or restaurant, 54% of craft drinkers. Meanwhile, the top three occasions for consuming craft beer are drinking at home with friends and family, mm-hmm. like us, yeah. 63%, eating at a restaurant, 56%, and visiting at a friend's home, like, like me, we're doing yeah. here, yeah, exactly. uh, 50%. Uh, there's been a slight downtick in the average number of brewery visits in the last 12 months, Regular craft drinkers made two-point visits to a brewery within a couple hours of their home, while weekly craft drinkers made an average of 3.4 visits. People drink craft beers are going to go to the craft breweries. Yeah, especially when they're like 10 minutes from your home. But, but also, now that beer, craft beers are more available in supermarkets and other stores, mm-hmm. well, it's easier to pick up 
beers. You don't necessarily have to go to a brewery. Yeah. Uh, the top reason people visit breweries remains uh, sampling, education, and trying exclusive offerings, uh, which is cool. Uh, sampling opportunities are even more important for female craft drinkers, with 55% saying that why they visit breweries. That's why they visit breweries. Uh, Bataglia added. The fact that they're coming into breweries and tasting rooms to sample beer is a great way to continue to engage with and capture those female drinkers and take advantage of the fact that it is something they're specifically looking for. Exactly. Everyone's looking for a beer of their own, so they it helps when you are able to taste beers. It's following the winery model. You go in, you get a flight of beers, and you figure out which beer you like, and then you order that beer from there on out. It's, it's nice when you find something that you can claim as your own. Like, not everyone's going to drink an IPA. Not everyone's going to is going to drink a Hefeweizen. Not everyone's going to drink a sour. But if you can find a style of beer that you like, then you're more likely to enjoy that. And then keep on enjoying it and, pay, and revisit the brewery. If they, if they made a promising, bespoke experience, what's not to like? I uh, I spent four days in a row at brewery this past week for different things for different yes, things yes. you know and that's what the brewery offerings are you know Wednesday I went for a charity auction yes uh, Thursday I went for trivia Friday I went to see a band even though it showed up fifteen minutes after the band did but uh, and Saturday I had a friend who was having a going away party and was exactly. at the same one. Uh, so yeah, that is it for no, 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 for the power. Hour. Oh, for the power. Hour. Yeah, that's it for the power hour. Uh, uh, we've got two more things. One of these I just read, and I that have to talk about. Hold on a second. If that's it for power hour. Power hour. There we go. Woo! Um, there's not much to mention with the first story. This was going to be the last story. Uh, was that? The president of Left Hand Brewing Company and or the founders. What was going to be our final story is that the founders of Left Hand Brewing Company and Stone Brewing Company founders have now appeared in a John Hickenlooper presidential ad. This is not surprising. John Hickenlooper has always been a he was a brewer at one point, right? Was he? I, I believe I, so. I don't know much about him. But I know uh, he's he, no, he definitely has a personal connection to the brewing scene. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I'm, I, yes, yes. Um, so that that was a, just kind of be like a last, like, oh, that's cute. But then I read that Left Hand Brewing Company has entered the CBD infused non-alcoholic drink market. Like, whoa, uh, Colorado's Left Hand Brewing Company. Uh, is partnering with Wavy Organics to launch a new line of CBD-infused, non-alcoholic sparkling water drinks called Presents. Just to interrupt you, uh, so John Hickenlooper was found, founded the Wincoop Brewing Company in 1988 in Denver. Oh, okay. Kind of helping spur the craft beer scene in Colorado. Uh, how do you spell that? W-Y-N-K-O-O-P. Yeah, that's not the place I thought, but... That's cool. Yeah. All right. So, good on you. Exactly. Um, let's talk about that, that CBD. Yeah. Use not out of the Yeah. I'll, I'll make. I'll. I'll do some fancy <laughs> editing and we'll get that. 
Yeah. Present will come in three flavors. Natural, lemon lime, and blood orange. It checks in at zero calories and 20 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD distillate from hemp grown. So this is not the stuff that's going to make you high or anything. This is from hemp. This is just... Yeah. So what, what's it, what's it going to do? It's I think it's this generate this... The current health trend of, oh, let's try hemp oil or what have you. Does it chill you out? Is that is that what they're... Listen. <laughs> if people drink it and they feel better, more power to them. More power to them. More power to them. More power to them. But, uh, and yeah, there's, there's the emerging market. You have a legacy brewer <laughs> entering the CBD-infused, non-alcoholic drink market. Yes. Oh, the times we live in. Yes. And that will be it. For our national and international beer news. All right. All right, now we're talking about some Virginia and Hampton Roads beer news. Yes, and the first thing is a closure. Uh, But it's not that bad. It's not that bad this time. Uh, This time, uh, Charlottesville-based brewery Champion Brewing Company uh, is getting ready to close its Richmond... Tap Room at 401 East Grace Street after a three-year run. Brewery signed a uh, three-year lease on the space in 2016. They did not, they've yet to specify when the tap room will close. Okay. So it doesn't, it's not Champion themselves closing, it's just their Richmond facility. No, yeah. You know, and I got, I got super worried when I first read, read the story because when breweries are expanding, it's a good thing, but when they are retreating, it, yeah. We do it on the podcast all the time. We're like, oh, they're retreating. Could be bad. But this is the case where it's actually sensible. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, and that's the beverage district of Richmond, too. So it's yeah, it's chock-a-block full yeah. of breweries. It's, it's 6,000 square foot space. Um, I've never been. Um, I wanted to, but they didn't open until 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I needed a beer at noon. <laughs> But that's the case with most of the Richmond breweries during the week, is that they don't open until 4. Yes. Um, except for Legend. <laughs> except for Legend. Well, Legend's off. We're in the full restaurant. Yeah. Well, they got, and Legend got my money that day. Yes, exactly. Um, Legend tends to get my money sometimes when I'm up in Richmond, uh, if I'm there earlier in the day. So we ran up, and they said, nah, we don't have to renew. Now they have now they have Coors Light advertising shower beer. Yes. Uh, Coors Light has recently put out a few ads advertising that Coors Light is the official um, shower beer. Champion also produces a Czech-style pilsner called Shower Beer. Yes. So it's actually just a bunch. It's the search engine optimization <laughs> that, that Champion put together for this, un- this that they totally put together this um, national ad campaign by Miller Coors. is kind of cute. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of cute. I got some likes on fans of Virginia craft breweries when I shared it. Like, yeah, some, I got some laughs. Exactly. <laughs> I got more laughs with that than any other post I've done to fans of Virginia oh. craft brewery. Uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about some more oopsies. Oh. Uh, well, this is a that was that was a sad but uh, okay. This is a oopsies but all right. Uh, Wild Wolf Brewing Company's Charlottesville facility. See how we're swapping it up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, that's tax trouble. Uh, Charlottesville raised its meal tax to 6% July 1st, which on top of the 5.3% state sales tax, adds more than 11% to your dinner tab. 
This is I'm currently reading from a uh, article from Seville.com. But a computer glitch at one local restaurant meant some customers were paying more than 16%. Yeesh. Uh, Lorena Perez, a designer at Seville Weekly, had lunch with friends at Bobble Brewing Company on 2nd Street Southeast on July 4th. She calculated that the $7.66 tax charge on her $46 bill was 16.65%. Her companions also more had also more than 16% added to the bill, about $2 more than what the tax should be. Perez says, we told the manager who called the general manager who said over the phone that their system had accurate percentage in and that it was the correct tax. We asked the manager in the restaurant to do the math, and although he agreed that the amount was more than the percent should be, he said, I can't do anything about it. Commissioner of Revenue Todd Divers confirms that the meal tax is 6% and the state tax is 5.3% for a total of 11.3% on restaurant tabs in the city. It could be an honest mistake if the wrong number was put in at the point of sale. Uh, if it's an ongoing problem, says Divers, it could escalate to the police. Uh, according to city code, the wrongful and fraudulent use of such collections constitutes embezzlement. Yes. So, did you know... That when Williamsburg raised its meal tax, we forgot to raise our our meal tax on the computer system for a month. Oh my! <laughs> I'm sure Williamsburg was not happy about that. No, no, no. We uh, it was actually a guest who was like, "You should be charging me more." Uh, we we paid them. You know, they we ended up paying that extra one percent out of out of our pocket. Yeah. Um, you, you, you did wonder into Caesar what was Caesar's. Yes, we 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 did the math. Yes. after we failed to do the math. Uh, so yeah, it's an honest mistake. And you know, in our case, it was a it was a uh, oopsie daisies moment for us. Yes. Uh, for Wild Wolf, it's a uh oh moment because yes. people people get much mad. prefer being undercharged than overcharged. Yeah. Um, Technology fails. You can forget to do something. Um, but uh, unfortunately, there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a conflict in the story that reported on Seville, um, and uh, I've got a statement from Wild Wolf Charlottesville in response to the yes. article. Okay, and it's just sweet, sweet shade. That is correct. This would have occurred between July first and the eleventh. It was. With great surprise that we read Seville Weekly article published on July 24th, the author of the article came in on July 11th and left her card uh, explaining our error. We immediately got into our point of sale system, figured out what happened when we set the new meals tax rate. Our director of marketing called Lisa Province and left a detailed message explaining what had happened, that the error had been corrected, and that we would be sending any over-collected taxes to the county on August 20th when they are due. It is frustrating that she says a Seville Weekly employee was in on the 4th and we ignored her. Why would we do that? We're not in the business to overcharge our customers. We have a new restaurant with new equipment and we made a stupid mistake. Nothing more. The manager who was here on the 4th never called the GM and never communicated the issue to anyone here. Was he actually told the problem? We have no way of knowing because he no longer works for us. Oops. <laughs> Uh, the strangest part of all of this is we were told the paper was doing a story on us. They called so we could go to a phone interview with the owner. They came in yesterday at 4.30 for a photo shoot. The owner drove out from Nelson to meet the photographer. Interesting timing. We were going to take the high road here and not go on the attack, but we feel viciously attacked. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, for guests who were overcharged, uh, Wild Wolf has said they'd be offering free dessert on future visits, which is more than the yeah more more than two dollars you were over a matter of two dollars yes. you were overcharged. Um, yeah, it's a gesture of goodwill. I just want to say, hey, our bad. Yeah, have yeah. something on us. Come on, come back yeah. in. They've been offering. They yeah. they've been offer- they've been offering a lot. Um, they know they made the mistake. You know, the restaurant only opened at the beginning of July. Like, no. It's not even. It's well, at this point, it's a month old. But it hadn't even been a month open mm-hmm. when this happened. Who could imagine that things might be going wrong at a restaurant opening? <laughs> First month, <laughs> never, never. All right, it's like Jurassic Park. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, last thing I want to bring up, uh, and this kind of follows into you know the pattern we've been in, where right before we do our blind taste test, we talk about different events coming up um, in and around Virginia surrounding beer culture. Uh, this one's a little bit personal, and is why one of the reasons why I, we did not record last week. It is the JD Jam session at Precarious Beer Hall, August 25th, starting around 2 p.m. Uh, Justin Douglas Dickman, um, he was a musician here in town. He worked for us briefly. He was the loudest to ever quit the restaurant. <laughs> uh, even though we quit, uh, we still were very right. close. Um, he was part of Virginia Beer Company's full-time friends. I'd see him out and about. He ended up working for... Uh, Precarious Beer Project um, with Greg from used to be with Commonwealth Brewing Company. Sadly, JD took his life. Uh, was, so his name was Justin Douglas Dickman. Street name JD Bug, the Ladybug with a J. Yes. Uh, Justin Douglas Dickman um, did pass away uh, two Thursdays ago. This past Monday, there was a open mic memorial for him and his mother. And, yeah, emotions were running high. Um, but, August 25th at Precarious Beer Hall, they'll be having a music festival, or a music festival of local musicians um, starting around 2 p.m. And Greg Fleetheart has brewed a beer in JD's memory. So, a celebration of his life. A celebration of life uh, with a bunch of local musicians, you know, some of which JD played with on the stage at my restaurant, yeah. um, which was sweet. Um, and yeah, sorry for missing out last week. Got emotional. Um, but August 25th, the thing's happening. It'll be good. Suicide's real. Depression's real. All your friends. Uh, invite him for a beer. Invite him for a beer. Invite him for a beer. Uh, and so yeah, uh, last thing's coming up. You, it works is uh, anniversary party. Yes, the Jubilee. Jubilee. It's coming up this weekend. Jubilee 13. Is it 13 now? It is 13. <laughs> or is Doctor Pub going to have a, a vertical flight of, of the Belgian Strong Ale Jubilees again this year? I, I, I'll have to find out because that's, that's a recipe for disaster that I need to be in on. Uh, I've done it at, at the pub. They had like 10 or they had like 8, 9, and 10 on. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of which, actually, a uh, funny story. This past this past uh, Sunday was technically Wussabelli was my last shift at the pub. They called me for one more time, an encore. For oh, okay, day. but uh, the chili that we make there, they use stout to make it. So okay. usually they just do bottles of Guinness, but we were out of Guinness at this one. Then the sous chef went downstairs and grabbed some founders, 
KBS. And so I stopped him. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. No. I stopped him like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 that is discontinued. <laughs> you that put is, that in the chili, that I will... $30 beer. Yes, this is like, no, 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 you do not touch that beer. Oh, so, no. For, That's a good story. For all you KBS fans out there, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Jubilee, we'll go back to Jubilee. We'll go back to Jubilee. Um, you said they, they've got a few different beers that they're brewing this year for Jubilee. Yeah, well, for oh, the Jubilee. Uh, obviously, Jubilee, but uh, on Sunday, they're also re- looking at what they're calling the uh, Good Mintentions Chocolate Stout. that's going to have chocolate, mint, and marshmallow. Mint! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's a play on words, it's clever wordplay, yes. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and I will say they've got a collaboration beer with uh, two drummers. Yes. They're doing smoked lager or Rausch beer, if you will. Yeah. What's your favorite Rausch beer? What's your favorite Rausch beer, bro? I don't know, bro. <laughs> I, I know. I'm not a huge Rausch beer fan. Like uh, I, had a, I had a smoked Hefeweizen once. Ooh, that um, actually sounds delicious. It was uh, Bayou Tesh Brewing Company uh, out of South Louisiana. Did a smoked half of ice and I oh my god it was it was so good uh, so yeah that's going on this weekend and then uh, if you well that's going on locally uh, yes. if you're looking a little bit farther out uh, heading up to Goochland the Gooch we've got Looking Hole Creek Craft Breweries Flow Arts Festival Flow Arts was a term that I learned two years ago <laughs> and it is the this is a bunch of uh, bunch of weird stuff, bunch of fun weird stuff, uh, hooping, uh, projection art, fire spinning, fire spinning. Uh, so they're doing about they're having a big art so festival. It sounds like kind of a their own Burning Man. There. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it probably will be. Uh, that'll be going on Saturday and Sunday up at the farm, um, basically to about nine noon to nine thirty both of those days. Uh, I saw one thing that's a ten, but you know, I don't. Um, it's it's thirty minutes. Get 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 there if you get there at nine thirty. I can't confirm you'll see fire spinning. Yes, um, but yeah, I'm interested to see uh, some photos from that. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to make it up, but a friend of mine's doing some projection art, like projecting some original animation stuff. It's all really trippy and psychedelic. Um, it's well, cool good. stuff. Yeah, uh, that it's it's summer. Get your festivals in. Yeah, festivals this, in while you can. It's wrapping up, baby. This, Seriously, the summer is almost over. Uh, so yeah, I think that does it for mm-hmm. uh, for our local beer news. And I know there wasn't a whole lot of substance with the local beer news, but uh, uh, I mean the, the the items we had, yeah. went deep. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, and you know we covered the Aslan stuff last. The last mm-hmm. time we recorded, yes. I ran into my friend who works at Aslan no. on a Friday night, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse, this is the second time you've been shout out on the podcast. Well, fantastic, fantastic. I hope I hope you do like what you said you said you would do. And then some. <laughs> All right, and on that note, we'll be back with our blind taste test. Ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to do our blind taste test. So when we, we got, were so ready. We got the hottest of scoops. Oh my god, so this is posted on Thrillist today. For all y'all that love hard coffee, Paps Blue Ribbon, <laughs> may I present Paps Blue Ribbon Stronger Seltzer. Yes. This is an 8% hard seltzer. 
so yeah, it's an Imperial Seltzer. <laughs> I can't believe that's a new style. Imperial uh, Seltzer. So yeah, most most hard seltzers coming around four or five percent. Yes. Um, this one's eight percent. Though apparently Natural Light is releasing one at six percent. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's anyone online releasing a seltzer, it's natural light. If I think, oh, PBR might be the the worst brand releasing natural light, said, oh, hold my carbonated alcoholic water. Yeah, um, it does have, uh, oh, it does have a slightly higher ABV, uh, or not? Uh, it has higher ABV, but also it looks to uh, be a little higher in, in calories. Uh, most seltzers clock in from zero to a hundred. Right. Uh, kind of the point of the hard yeah. seltzer. Is. Yeah. This this stronger seltzer claims to be low in calories, but had, but it has two hundred twenty eight calories. Uh, it's less than many strong malt beverages, but more than double the hundred ish calories many hard seltzers tout. Uh, <laughs> similar to the brands hard coffee rollout, this is where it gets sad for us. Oh. It will only be in select markets beginning today. Oh, what select markets? Arizona, California, Montana, and Texas. I'm not driving to any of those. <laughs> it couldn't be farther away from exactly. us. <laughs> so, oh my God! Ah, I am. I don't know yeah. what to do with this news. It just makes me angry. Now the question is: Is this hard seltzer? Is this going to end up like dry beers and it's going to be really pushed hard and then abandoned almost entirely except by, you know, the originator? Like like MGD? Well, I mean, like Asahi Super Dry. Oh, Um, Super Dry. I'm talking about the OG dry beer, like the one that's still in production today. Yeah. Um, I almost almost picked a a Brute IPA for you today, but it isn't. Uh, so yeah, that's that's sad. I don't know anyone. Well, California, I've got. I've, I can see if my wife's um, cousin can mail some. I'll send Russell. I don't know. I, I am not as I'm not as intrigued by uh, another hard seltzer as I was with the hard coffee. The, the hard coffee at least was a novel concept, though. In a can, though. Again. This would make a lovely men of science section. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I've, I've, but we we could drink seltzer from anybody as men of science. Yes. No one else is making a hard coffee. That's no, no, that's true. That's that's why at least that's why I value the hard coffee more than PBR seltzer. I think I'm heading. Actually, I'm heading out to California. I think we're talking about heading out like end of September, early October. This could still this, be. This could still be in the works. <laughs> this, Chris does not want this to be, but this can no, be. Listen, for science, I'll do for pretty s- much anything. All right. All right. And now, speaking of pretty much doing anything, okay, cool. there's something in front of you. Put it in your mouth. All right. We're doing our blind taste test. This is uh, this has been a favorite of ours. Uh, let's see. Who started first last time? Last time you started first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, well... It, it appears as if our beverages today have a, a slight <laughs> pigment change. Yes, yes. Last, last time, both both beers were straw-colored. This time, we have definitely have beers of different colors. Mine, the one I'm offering, is still pretty much a straw color. Okay. So, you said I went first last time. Yes, so, so you, you 
Oh, I drink first this time. Yeah, you drink from my okay. beer first. Once again, made in Virginia. Smells a little, a little soured. A little sour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Um, yeah, gold straw color. Nice light lacing on the glass. Yeah, um, it's got some. Okay. So it doesn't have the uh, the foam like the the beer you poured for us last last time. No, 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 no. no. Uh, so yeah, what's uh, what's bottoms up? Bottoms up. It's producing Virginia. Producing Virginia. Hampton Roads, even. Hampton Roads. Is it produced in Williamsburg? No, it is not. Oh, that messes up my guess. Uh, <laughs> well, that bones that. Um, can or bottle? Uh, this came in a bottle. Interesting. Um, some would say this beer is blowing up. Beer's blowing up. Oh, goodness. Hold on. <laughs> I forgot all the Hampton Roads breweries. Um, <laughs> and it's in a bottle. It's right? in a bottle. Um, I had thought maybe it was Oozle Finch, but Oozle Finch doesn't really distribute aside from like the one or two like 16 ounce cans. Bench Top doesn't really bottle much, right? Not a Bench Top beer. Not a Bench Top beer. That's the bottle thing that's messing me up. When I think when I think of Virginia Craft Breweries or Hampton Roads Breweries, O'Connor bottles, but cans, uh, St. George bottles exclusively. Yes. Uh, Tradition just as cans, um, Smart Mouth just as cans. This is from Young Veterans. It is. <laughs> Sorry, that is just because I know they do bottles. Uh, this isn't Pineapple Grenade, half of ice. It's blowing up. It is a pineapple grenade <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah, Google Hampton Road Breweries. Oh my god. Ah, yeah, last well, time I had this, uh, it was on draft at the Melting Pot down in Newport News mm-hmm. uh, a few months back. Um, so yeah, pineapple grenade, that's like... That's that's kind of their thing. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really, it really yeah, is. It's It's... Just their thing, which is good because a lot of libraries uh, rest their laurels on an IPA. It's good to see a brewery yeah. kind of focus. I I have said this before on the podcast. I've said it again. In college, I went through a slight hefeweizen phase. I liked it. Yeah, it listen, it's summertime. Hefeweizen is a great beer for the summer. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. This is a resting at six percent ABV, twelve IBUs. Not bitter at all. Uh, I must say, I'm not a huge fan of the finish on this. It's not as smooth as other uh, Hefeweizens I've had. I, I, yeah, it, it, once it, once you swallow it, it's just kind of gone. Yes, yes. I, I do like the initial flavor. Yeah. Oh. The initial flavor is good up front. It, I, could, I could use more of a finish. But aside yeah. from that, it's young veterans are, you know, out of Virginia Beach. Yeah, they've got, they've got a second location now. They've got the bunker. Uh, mm-hmm. Which that's a cool music venue. Uh, a few, of the, few of the bands I used to book are playing the bunker now. Um, it looks like a really intimate venue. Um, cheers! Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah, good bottles are uh-huh. bottle. Well, and that's the deal. I can process elimination from bottles. Yes. Real quick, and yeah, everyone forgets that Young Veterans does distribute. <laughs> but the thing is, I think they go through like a wine distributor. Um, well, it makes sense because I did pick this up at the wine cellar. It, yeah, it, I mean, it is the closest 
It is literally the closest beer cellar to my to where I live at the moment. Yeah. So um, it makes where's, sense. Where's it, how's, how things change for you once you guys move? Uh, let's see. Closest place would be the Food Lion. Okay. Well, Which there's is, also the Aleworks and the Outlets. Yeah, there's Aleworks and the Outlets. There's, there's Mall Works. Uh, and I'm sure I'll find more and more. Yeah. Things. And, and it's Williamsburg. It's not that big a town. I can always just go to... Go to... <laughs> go to, like, Hair of the Dog. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, there's plenty of options. Yeah, they, they, they went through a small... It was the only beer that this wine distributor carried. And I don't know why they were distributing them. But, um, unless they changed. Maybe, maybe they changed. No. But I've got anyway. I've got a story about their salesman that's not appropriate for the podcast. Yes. But. <laughs> he was kind of a jerk. Um, though their sales rep, uh, Charity, um, I met her a few times. So I don't think she remembers meeting me because it's after beer fest. Uh, Charity Wilder, she's super cool. Uh, she's repping the brand. I think I might have. I used to have some young veteran stuff on the counter. Now it's just covering Legos. Um, <laughs> oops, uh, things happen. All right, All so right. let's let's go to let's move on <laughs> to a different beer. This a beer, completely. Uh, uh, let's say it's uh, kind of a pinkish melon color. It's, it's very pink. Yeah, it's very pink. <laughs> it's very very pink. Not the first pink beer we've had. In fact, the first blind test we had was a pink. Beer. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, but this is not the Joy Theory Margarita Goza. No, no. So this uh, was released earlier this summer. Okay. Uh, it did come from a bottle. Come from a bottle. Um, it, See, I'm not as good as, oh, who does... Who does cans, bottle? who does bottles? Exactly. It's because I nerd out too yeah, much. Um, <laughs> uh, you're more hands-on with the actual yeah, let me sale. There we go. I've, 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 things. I pulled um, it up. So, Virginia... Virginia produced. Yes. Is it Hampton Roads? No. Okay, so we're there. Um, and it's not Richmond. Not Richmond. So that picks up it, on. It could be a town we've talked about on the podcast today by name. By name. So good chance it's Charlottesville. <laughs> bingo, bingo. Oh, there we go. Oh, all right. So oh. get your map up. Get your map up. I'll let you. You looked up the. Yeah, I've got, I've got the product pulled up on Untapped right now. Uh, right. <laughs> it's not Richmond. It's not Hampton Roads. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, this was bottled, um, I think the bottle said it was bottled like May 13th. May 13th. So it's kind of that, alright. As of today, it's you know, at the end of almost a 90 day lifespan if, if you subscribe to that sort of thing. Which I don't. Well, for IPAs, yeah. Hmm. Anything else, like... I don't know. This is a beer I've never had before. Never had before. Well, I never had the pineapple uh, grenade before, actually. Oh? I did like the name of it. It's actually... It yes. works Works on multiple levels. Yeah. The label's cool. Yes. Um, Alright, well, let's... Is this a Blue Mountain beer? No. No. Well, did you try it yet? I have not tried it yet. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. Okay, let's... Okay. A floral? <laughs> my, my. I feel like this isn't going to be sour at all. Ooh, that's a good sour. That looks quite nice. <laughs> that's delicious. Uh, let's see. Now, now, here's the thing. You said 
city, not brewery that we talked about. So we're not talking about because I think if it was a brewery that we talked about, you brought that up. So I don't it's think it's not a brewery we've talked about. All right, at least today. 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 Is this a Star Hill? Yeah. This would be a Star. Oh. <laughs> That's probably as good as I'm going to get. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, so, <laughs> I'm trying to get the exact... So, this was from uh, Star Hill's Sour Series. This okay. is their Roxanne Raspberry American Sour. Ooh. Uh, yes. It was part of their Sour Series Mixed 12-Pack. That definitely fits in that <laughs> That's That's what this is. This is fantastic. Um, yeah, know. here. Let me, let me pull up their... Uh, they're really good about putting their product catalog up. On the well, I mean, I'm looking at their yeah. uh, calendar right now. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, so this Roxanne came out, you said May. They, yes. they, yeah, they have April, May, June. So right now, for their Sour Series, they have their Lizzie, their Lime Goza. Yes. And then they'll have a Passion Fruit Goza coming out. Oh, oh I thought, I, I, I goofed. I thought this was part of, like, a, a mixed 12-pack. Apparently, this was... Just released either on draft or six packs together. Uh-huh. Um, they used to talk about doing a sour... Yeah, look, they got the same sour pack on the bottom. Hmm. Which I I suspect this might have also been that special pack. That yeah, it looks like a raspberry lime passion and looks like guava. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. That, um, but, you know, I, I go for anything with passion fruit in there. Yes. Their they've got their next their next big pack is their hopped as hell line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a change up. It used to be the King of Hops and the Habanero King of Hops. Um, Matthew thought it was a good idea to have two kegs of a Habanero IPA at his wedding. Um, I made a lot of mistakes with my a lot of amazing mistakes with yeah. the wedding. Habanero IPA. It's Ooh. a specialty product. It's a very specialty product. I don't know if you can... Especially for... At a, at a, at a wedding. Occasion, yeah, an occasion like a wedding. And yeah. It was the wedding... It was a half wedding, half Matt Black beer festival. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Virginia, Virginia Craft Breweries. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is good as hell. It's very nice. Yeah, so 4.7% ABV. Star Hill... Uh, they're advertising that has just come out this year. It's got some reviews on Barley Blog and Mashin Inn. Um, it's, yeah, Red Raspberry Puree. Um, pairs well with, and this is what I love about, this is what I love about Star Hill's website. Uh, pairs well with grilled salmon with dill. Uh, Havarti cheese. I can definitely see that. And lemon brownie bites. This the lemon brownie bites might actually be too much, but um, yeah, I this is a delicious beer. I, I I'll Star Hill, I don't they're not my favorite, but like, Wait, God, are they just they're wor- they're just a they're a workhorse where I know what I'm getting myself exactly. Into. Like, it's I mean, Star Hill's one of those kind of like legacy breweries. The ones have been. Yeah, they're, they're not with more the more recent. Yeah, we uh, talked about it on the last on the yeah, last uh, episode. Yeah, you know, it's Legend of St. George, it's Star Hill. Yeah, those those are your big three in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy with that. Exactly. Uh, picked up it was it was a billion six pack of Fresh Markets. Um, um, that was real good. I might have to check out Fresh Market next time just to 
No, I change it up sometimes. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was going to Fresh Market yesterday. I, I got out of the car. Yeah, and usually <laughs> I never know when I'm going to Fresh Market. They're like, I'm here at Fresh Market. Yeah, I, I was, want three pounds. I was like, yeah. I need some cheese. <laughs> or, or oh, I, I need some salsa. The cheese burner is good. So yeah, they're next. And actually, like, their, their butcher and fishmonger is very good. I yeah, yeah. I remember I got some rockfish from uh, Fresh Market. It's very tasty. Yeah, so uh, Star Hill's next variety pack uh, is their Hopped as Hell variety pack. It will include uh, Mountain Air East Coast IPA, uh, AC Amarillo Citra IPA, mm-hmm. Shade Kvik IPA, and Swim New England style IPA. Well, all right. Well, that. On I that see. note, I think we're going to sign off. Yeah, I think that does it for us. Yeah. Uh, I got to double check about next week uh, because of the surgery, but um, yeah, we'll be back soon. We will be back we'll soon. We'll get this episode up. Yes. It's going to be grand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Well, you all have a wonderful day because we definitely had one here. Today at the High Gravity Sessions. Keep drinking, Virginia. Yes.